0: This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God, close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. If you're new to the church, want you to know that we're a Bible-believing church. We hope to share Jesus Christ to you in a way you can understand and receive him. We pray you experience the love of Jesus right here in this place. It's not profound, but it's true. We've become so stealth of self that we're so guarded from people seeing the real us. We're not gonna join a connect group or be a part of it because maybe the real me will be revealed. And so I'm just gonna stay on the outside because we don't wanna be excluded, right? That's why we do it. We, we want to be accepted. And so we assume that acceptance is based on someone else's reality of who we really are. And so I allow someone else to determine how I'm going to be and what I'm going to look like and how I'm going to act and how I'm going to do things. And so we do that. Because we don't want to be excluded. We want to be accepted. We don't want to be disqualified from relationship or acceptance. And Jesus functions in a way totally different than our ideas and our mindsets and our ways. The worst feeling is disqualification before you ever get a chance, right? We we don't want to be disqualified from the plan of God or the purpose of God before we ever get a chance, and so we try to come up with ideas and ways to uh, masks to put on ourselves because we want to we want to do this, but unfortunately. We think God has. We have to align with what God's ideas are for us, and so we create these masks, these things, because that's what we do in life. My wife's sitting on the front row in this, the beautiful hat. She was leading us in worship today, and um, before we were ever married, she used to run track in high school, and her last name is her maiden name is McVitie. and when running track, she was known as Speedy McVitie. Makes sense. And she was really good, and she was really fast. And one of the meets she was at, one of the track competitions she was doing, she was, she was in the 100-meter dash. And in the 100 meters, it's pretty much just a straight line, a straight shot, and whoever breaks the, the tape first, again, can go on to the next round and the next round. But this was the final round, and there's only six runners with her. She had already qualified to be in the final round. And so, if she crosses the tape first, she wins the gold medal. She's first place. And so, she's ready to go. Now, this girl, I'm knowing this girl growing up, she, she never had to practice. She never trained. She was just naturally fast. She was speedy McVitie. That's who she was. And so, she's running, getting ready to run this race. And if you know anything about running, you, you'll put your feet on the blocks and you push off. But if you have a good start in the short distance race, that's the difference between winning and losing. And so you want to have a good start. And so she is anticipating the starting gun. She's not looking. She's not, she, would, she, was just, she was trying to time when he was going to fire the gun, which you can't. You don't, you're not reading his mind. You don't know his reflexes. You know how it's going to go. And so she was trying to time it. And so the first time it goes off, she jumps before the gun fires. And so it's a false start. You have to reset the race, and she has one penalty against her. Two false starts, and she's disqualified. She's trying to time it again, but she's a little hesitant, knowing that if I get another false start, it doesn't matter if I run this race. I'm done. I'm disqualified before the race even begins. And once again, another false start. In the final race of of this qualifying round, she does not even get to run down and break the tape because she's disqualified before it even starts. I think a lot of us feel that way with God. A lot of us feel like, God, if they know the real me, I'm disqualified before I even begin. If, if I don't create this facade or this fake me, then, then I'll never be accepted. I'll never be included. I'll never be a part of the plan. I'll never be included in their connect group or, or even host a group. How can I even do that? And we think that way. and We allow this to operate our lives socially. Whether willing to admit or not, we do it. I'm gonna prove it to you. We have a normal voice, and then we have a phone conversation voice, right? You're having a disagreement with your spouse, or you're talking, and then all of a sudden your phone rings, you're like, hello? You smile, you talk back, and maybe when you're in a dating relationship, or, and, and your voice was, hey, baby, you would do those things, you, you would change, you would manipulate, you would allow that to, you would allow what people would think of you over the phone, To you would change your voice. Maybe this will help, let me explain. Have you ever had someone just pop in at your house, just show up unexpected? Not too long ago, this happens to us a lot, uh, but not too long ago, I was at the store and we ran into somebody that we hadn't seen in a long time and they're in town. And we're there and I get in a conversation with them and, and as I, I say these things, you know, like I always think that when Jonah said, throw me over I think that was like a hypothetical thing. Hey guys, it's me, throw me over. And they're like, yeah, dude, we're doing it. But we do that often, right? We're like, hey, you, my wife would love to see you. Not like right now, but she would love to see you. But they assumed it was right now. And he was like, hey, I'll ride with you. My wife will finish up shopping and we'll come over right now. I'm like, yay. No, this really happened. So I call my wife, if you're, and I'll, he's with me. In, with me, I'm like, "Hey, babe, um, Jim and Sarah are coming over right now." I'm like, "She's so excited to see you guys." She's on the line. Robbie, really, right now, Robbie? No, not right. Robbie, right? I said, "Yeah, babe, we're on. Our, we're like three minutes away." So excited. We go into panic mode, right? She's in there lighting candles. Throwing half-eaten cereal bowls into the closet. She throws an apron on, she's baking cakes, plural. Alexa, turn on Kenny G. We don't even like Kenny G, but we're playing it for you. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Because we think if they, man, if, if our house stinks, if it's dirty, if it's not prepared for them, then they won't like us. And so we do that socially. We do that spiritually too. We do that with God. We're like, we're trying to throw things in the closets, in the corners, in the crevices, trying to hide it. Maybe if I hide that stuff, God will accept me. You do know he knows everything, right? You do know he can see that. And that when the apostle wrote, while we were still sinners, he died for us. That's not former you or future you, that's all of you. All of you, former, present, and future, Former sinner, present sinner, future sinner. While you were broken yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's all of you. All that you're ever going to be, Christ died for you, gave his life for you. So sometimes we walk into this place and we throw those things in the corner, we tuck them away. Maybe, God will, maybe I can host a group if no one knows or maybe if, maybe if I can hide this from God, but God knows. And, he, and because he knows, and, and we know he knows, gives us an understanding of how great his love is for us because he knows all that stuff. Why do we do this? Perception, we light the candles. If they discover we're hoarders or sloppy, maybe they don't like us. We're funny little creatures. This is much of how we conduct ourselves, how we run our lives. It's a a simple illustration, but how many of us right now in this moment are trying to store stuff things out of his sight, or so we think. We do this because we think that'll help God. God, maybe you wanna be my friend. Maybe you wanna love me, maybe you wanna care for me. No, he already does. This is how he functions. He functions in a way that he loves you, you. That's how he functions. Who does he friend? The reason why Jesus drove people nuts in social settings is because socially he acted totally different than a normal human being. It bugged people all the time. The Luke 15 narrative is, is because people were complaining of how Jesus was conducting his life socially. And he gives a parable, a parable, which is a truth within a story. A parable, a, 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 a story that's not true, but there's truth in the story. And he tells the story of a coin and a sheep and a son. And in this story, he gives these illustrations of the importance of, of, of finding things that are lost and, and the son and the, and the father's relationship and all these different things. They didn't like who he was interacting with, so he began to tell them why in the ways of these stories. They didn't like who he interacting with, who he was befriending, they were complaining. And in their story, I told you that they gasped, if you will, that Zacchaeus, he wanted to go to Zacchaeus' house. They complained because Jesus is hanging out with sinners. Rejects, dogs, if you will, the religious people called them that. Such a derogatory term. It was an R rated word, if you will, something that no one said, but they were saying concerning who Jesus was hanging out with. Jesus, don't you know these people are dogs? I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell it over and over again. And I'm going to tell it to till I'm, them, till I'm last guy standing on this stage until the end of my life. Spend enough time with sinners to ruin your reputation with religious people. Jesus, are messy, they're dirty, they're the outcasts of society. I know, that's who I wanna be around. That's who I wanna spend time with. What's wrong with you, Jesus? This is not the social structure that has been set up. You're ruining our system. Play along, get with the program. The thing about God is he acts on his own. That may seem simple, but it's not how we act. No matter how isolated we are, we're influenced by many. You think if I post the photo, how many likes will I get? Man, they'll never know I go to the gym unless I post a photo of me at the gym. So here it is. How many friends do I have on Facebook? If you still have MySpace, there's no hope for you. God has never had those thoughts. He's never said, man, I hope I said that right concerning the tweet. Man, did I get that picture right? Is the filter correct? He's never said that. He's never had those thoughts. He's never been influenced by an outside force. No, he's God all by himself. He never has those thoughts. God wants you, but he doesn't need you. He acts on his own. Romans teaches us, in Romans chapter 5, it talks about how Christ died for the ungodly. Then Paul says, now in this social structure and setting, you can barely find somebody who will die for someone who's good. But Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love. I mean, it's a love that he demonstrates. It's an agape love. It's a love that we really don't understand. It's a love that's hard for us to grasp because when we give love, we want it in return. When we give love, we want it reciprocated. When we give love, we want it retweeted. When we give love, we want, it, we want something in return. But when God gave love, he did it knowing that some might not return it. His love was so vast and so grand that he gave it in such a way that it boggled the minds of those that were there. And it still blows my mind to this day. I wrote something down in my journal as we began this year. If you don't have a journal, I encourage you to get one or in your phone or wherever you do, but write things down. Because you're going to pick that up in a few years and be like, man, you're going to understand the emotion and the content of where you were in that day. And I wrote something down. I said, God, I'm so intrigued by your interest in me. God, why are you so interested in me? Why do you care so much about me? I make mistakes, I mess up. I'm dumb at times. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. Like God, why are you so interested in me? We use words like awesome and amazing and incredible to describe God, but we may start using words to describe God like illogical, ridiculous. Huh? God? You love me that much? Jesus comes to the planet to answer the question. I wonder who God would hang out with. And that's why Jesus came. He wants to hang out with you, Ross. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to show us who God wants to spend time with. That's why He came. I want to spend time with you. I want to be around you. Because every one of us sinners, every one of us broken, every one of us messed up, every one of us hurting. And Jesus says, I want to spend time with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to be around you. I want to be in your presence. And I hope you want to be in mine. That's what the word of God is. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we preach here. That's what we share each and every day. And that's what we wanna do every day. We wanna do whatever it takes to let people know about the good news, the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ that transcends our imagination or even our explanation. That love, that agape love. I don't understand it. I don't even know why you care about me, God, but I'm glad that you do. And today and every day is an opportunity for me to say thank you for your love for me. We could put some of these things to rest of who Jesus would hang out with. Now let's mention how he finds. In Luke 14, it tells a story of a dinner where Jesus would be the guest of honor. Invite everyone you can. Lord, there's people busy. Now go go somewhere else invite people. Invite those who are hurting, those who are messed up, those who are broken. Invite everyone you can. I'm not going to allow their com- my commitment, their their content, their character, who they are, to determine my commitment to invite them or not. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to tell a story. No one is exempt from your invitation. I'm asking you this week and every week that you be relentless, relentless with your invitation, telling someone about Jesus. He came to seek and save that which is lost. You do know Jesus is obsessed with lost things. He's obsessed with lost things. He's obsessed with lost things. Have you ever lost something? You ever go sit down in your car and you normally put your wallet in your back pocket? You sit down and your back's not hurting for some reason. You realize that your wallet's not there, right? You go to feel around and automatically you do this. You start, you just, you just, your heart goes into your stomach. Can't find your keys. And then you retrace your steps. This happened to me. We're eating that Freshy, Freshy here in Royal Oak, me and my wife, lunch. I buy her a meal, which I should, her husband. Get my wallet out, pay for it. I go sit down in the booth across from my wife. We're talking, eating our food. And I take my wallet out of my pocket because I don't want to sit on it during her meal. I put it on the tray. Yep. Grab her a meal. And not only do I throw my food away, but I throw my wallet away. I leave Freshie, and we're going to our next stop, and I have to use my wallet to pay for whatever's next, and I don't have my wallet. I retrace the steps back there. The only other place i have been, TJ, was Freshie. I, babe, I threw away my wallet. I know I threw it away, so I'll go back to Freshie. I go back to Freshie, and I go, I said, ma'am, I need to go through your, your trash can. It's a true story. She said, you need gloves? I said, no, I'm good, and I just start going through it, and I just, I start going through it. I get through, I mean, the trash was full. I have to go through everything because they just hide amongst all the stuff. I'm pulling through the trash. Everything you had for lunch that day, everything you ate, everything you took in, everything, all the bad, everything was in the trash. And I'm going through it. I'm going through it because I need to find what belongs to me, so I'm going through it. I'm going through it because what's in there is valuable, so I'm going through it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. I found my wallet that day, I did. it felt good. You ever find something that you lost? You know the feeling that you get, man, whoo. And for the next little while, you make sure you're like, man, you you keep keep track of it. That's a small illustration of how much God loves you. Let me swim through the trash. It's not my trash, it's yours, but... It's everything that you discarded, everything that you decided to throw away, everything that you put in there. It's not my trash, but, but, I, I, but something valuable at the bottom, something valuable inside of this. And, and that's what he did. He came to this world. He took the pain. He took the shame. The Bible says he died a sinner's death. He died a criminal's death for you and for me. He went through the trash because he needed to find something that was lost. And that was me. bow your heads with me today. Every head bowed, no one looking around, every eye closed. I know you're like me today and you're so thankful. You're so thankful that God didn't get so busy that he forgot about something that was important that was left in the trash and that was me, that was my life. And he came and found me through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, you've never committed your life to him, And today you would want to say yes to him. When I count the three, I'm going to have you raise your hand. If you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, or maybe you're here today and it's been a long time since you've given your life to him. You said yes to him and you want to do that again today as we begin this brand new year. When I count the three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. See the hands. Wow, drop them right back down. With every head bowed, every eye still closed, no one's looking around. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me and say it out loud. Everyone in this room, say it with me. Heavenly Father, I realize today that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Today, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Today, I give my life to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name amen amen come on clap your hands stand with me today